gossip this week i've got a show i'm showing three statues and i'll be talking about numerous japanese ghosts and monster type things and each pronunciation of those monsters is going to be impeccable perfect yeah spot on this week i uh, got introduced to one statue on the internet that sounded pretty interesting and it got me to thinking about a couple of other statues so i'm not sure how much uh, how much weft the other statues have so i'll start with the main one weft not yeah heft a not heft. weft heft heft is the weight of something so when something's wefty it's cloth heavy isn't it the weft of a cloth i like the idea of a cloth statue though I don't, I don't, it feels kind of dirty. It'd just be a pat, yeah, it would get dirty. It sounds like it would be made out of hessian. Isn't, wait, that's a scarecrow, isn't it, as a cloth statue? Yeah, I suppose it is. <laughs> I'm frightened. I don't, I don't like scarecrows, so I'm taking that back. <laughs> <laughs> Good job. Uh, this, this, the first statue, I'll bring up a picture of it for you, and then I will describe it. The first statue is Blucifer. Uh, Lucifer is a uh, giant horse statue that lives outside Denver Airport in America. Uh, (laughs) Why is that outside an airport? Well, I looked into it and apparently there's a famous statue in Denver University that is of a horse. Uh So they commissioned an artist to do a statue that was an ode to this other one. So that people could see it as they came in from the airport. Yeah. Uh, I'm not. I'm not sure why he chose to. Uh, why the artist chose to um, make the horse giant and blue with <laughs> glowing red eyes, and we never will know because during the creation of Lucifer, Lucifer's head fell off and crushed the artist. No. Oh, he was ruined by his own creation. He was killed by his own evil horse. Um, But don't worry, because the overall statue was finished and the painting could be completed by (laughs) professional race car painters. Don't worry. (laughs) Well, when you said, I don't know why you chose to make it massive and blue with glowing red eyes, my first thought was, he probably just didn't know what he was doing because that sounds like something that like a child or just somebody that's got like no design like experience or knowledge would come out with like oh what can we do to make it interesting just make it like a, a stupid bright color uh, oh and let's put some let's put some lights coming out of its eyes and then the fact that in building it its head fell off that that supports the idea that he didn't have a clue what he was doing so you're making a really i mean i don't want to be mean about him but i think you very (laughs) i think i know you better than that anyway but um yeah it sounds like maybe i think that he got the commission by accident because he was (sighs) like i don't know maybe he was like the uh the cleaner at, at the office of the guy that was meant to get the commission uh and then he he just answered the phone one day took the call and and then just took over 
was like, I can do this. I mean, the person that link that I uh, found this through, his uh, his philosophy is he thinks that he thinks this horse statue can't be can't be controlled, and that he <laughs> it's a fundamentally evil statue that killed its master so it could reign free. So it's like a haunted statue. Yeah, that was that, and that's why because it's obviously its official name isn't Lucifer. Lucifer <laughs> <laughs> the blue mu- it's called the blue Mustang. I like as an artwork. I, I didn't. I didn't question that. Like that, that was its name <laughs> because it looks like it looks like something that you would get at like a theme park. Like that would go in front yeah. of the, the the Lucifer ride, and it's like a devil horse. And it honestly looks like something we would have made in GCSE. Stat, uh, I can't remember statue making. Yeah, yeah. like the art the art class. It's it's a bonkers statue, <laughs> and I love it. So my my theme of statues was basically <laughs> was basically statue makers. I'm not entirely sure they knew what they were doing. I will bring up number two. <coughs> what did you just see? I don't really know. Um, it was a um, so like a silver sphere, encased inside. Um, like a brown casing, but it looks like, uh, I don't know, it's hard to describe it. It looks like a, almost like some sort of plant-like shell pod casing, and then the silver bit was like inside. That's a very charitable description <laughs> of what in Horsham is known as the vagina ball. <laughs> <laughs> the, what what you just saw was uh, was the Shelley Fountain in Horsham in one of the v- the only years it was fully operational <laughs> in its <laughs> in, in its in its ten years of life as a statue. Uh, it's a it's a uh, it's a fountain dedicated to a poet who I think drowned in a local waterfall. He was from Horsham called Percy Shelley and uh, it never worked in almost entirely its life. The one year that it did work, it wasted 180 gallons of water a day because it was so badly built. The water would either evaporate or uh, (laughs) or just (laughs) go into the earth. Um, And one of the things... I love this statue, right? For me, it was a gathering point for all my for all my friends. It was a guiding light in an otherwise geographically boring town. <laughs> I loved that thing. Is uh, it it's still there then? No, no, oh. they they voted to get rid of it. <laughs> oh my the, god! They had a vote on it. Yeah, the artist as well thinks it was sabotage. She thinks that um, the t- <laughs> she thinks that the the town hated it when it was put up, so they purposely built it badly. And then they let it, they did never repaired it, and they let it disintegrate until they said, oh, well, now we have to remove it, which could be true. I'm pretty sure that the woman who designed it didn't mean for it to look like a no, vagina ball. absolutely don't. What did I know? kind of, I feel like she, she might be one of the, I don't know if you, <laughs> I don't know if you, were, you run in the same circles, but there's like a running joke that there's some lesbian artists who kind of fixate on drawing vaginas by accident, <laughs> uh, and 
I've certainly got a couple of friends who, if you leave them alone to draw a picture, it will and one will accidentally just come right out. And I feel like maybe she's one of those people. As soon as they put pen to paper, yeah, it's just like, oh god, I've done it again. <laughs> oh no, oh, oh, every time. It was supposed to be a supposed to be a happy sunshine, <laughs> and it's just a really detailed vagina. <laughs> The third one is a just a little one, um, which is what I found about. So Grantham is constantly on the quest to install a Margaret Thatcher statue somewhere in the grounds. Some, it, it really, you know, they really badly want one, but for obvious reasons, they can't get given money for it, and uh, like they can't buy, they can't justify buying one because the town is just a pit. And I like the idea that. They're... There's some somewhere that they could buy ready-made ones, but it's like, oh, we can't, we can't go to the uh, the Thatcher statue shop and splash out. Can't get a fresh one. With that in mind, I found the most, the closest they got to getting a Margaret Thatcher statue was uh, in 2006 or 2013. I can't remember. It doesn't matter. <laughs> the point is, is that. There was a statue made of Margaret Thatcher uh, that was going to be put into Parliament, uh, but when they unveiled it, somebody decapitated somebody at right at the exhibition picked up you know the metal bars that rope off art like art installations yeah. picked up one and just oh decapitated gosh. her. What was she made of? Well, granite. Because like, that is that is some force of hatred. Yeah. To whack that head off. This is the thing. He tried using a wooden baseball bat that he'd hidden. And then when that didn't work, he picked up the... I Well, I suppose, like, at an, at an opening of a statue, they're probably not going to have, like, security. I was going to say, why did, after he put his bat down, why did somebody <laughs> not come over and go, stop it? Like, but I suppose if... It probably got, happened quite quickly. Yeah, and if you've got somebody, like... Um, swinging objects around like you can't really get a good approach on them to tackle them to the ground no and an art exhibition is not there's not going to be people who are like comfortable confronting someone with a baseball bat that may be that may be a rude stereotype (laughs) they just get out a little uh, pad and start drawing him instead so yeah they uh they attached the head back on this statue and then they offered it to Grantham. <laughs> they were like we heard you're looking for a statue uh only we can't put this one in parliament anymore because it does <laughs> only slightly soiled <laughs> but they but uh Grantham had like a consultation on it and because it's white granite they were going to put it outside they were so worried that somebody was gonna do it again, yeah, or just like graffiti it, yeah, that they they passed on it. <laughs> That's mad that they that they had to they got so close that seems like the perfect opportunity. Like how nobody's ever gonna be giving away a Margaret Thatcher statue again. Like it's not something that I can see. It doesn't happen in like often. I <laughs> <laughs> no. like, oh, I've got this statue, but I don't need it anymore. <laughs> just knocking it, it around. <laughs> yeah, I've just been making this giant because they were gonna. I think that there was talk they were gonna put it like either replacing 
or at the very least competing with Isaac Newton, who's also a Competing with it, like... Were they going to put them within, like, eyesight? <laughs> yeah, they were going to just put them... They were going to put them nose to nose, like they were about to have a fight. And then film which one gets more, like, visitors for me to approach it. <laughs> I can tell you which one's going to get tipped over more. Because <laughs> yeah. if, if I see, if I see a, like, a visible crack line on the head where its head's been yeah. knocked off, I'm going to be like, that's a weak point. I'm going to wedge a, try and wedge a lolly stick in there and crowbar it off. <laughs> With a lot. Or just every time, not that I ever go to Grantham anyway, but like every time I'd go past it, I'd just like wedge a, another little mini stone in the crack and then hopefully over like a year you'd uh, you'd be able to tumble it off. That would be so satisfying. <laughs> it would. So, this week I'm going to be telling you about some Japanese monsters and ghosts. Um, the first one is called, and I'm probably saying this wrong, but it's the Shirimi. 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 <laughs> Let's stick with that. So, the story goes that a samurai warrior is walking around Kyoto late one night and he gets accosted by some naked pervert. But before he's even got a chance to draw out his samurai sword and and attack the guy, which by the story is like the logical response, <laughs> apparently. It does seem like the, some sharp escalation. Don't, don't run off, get your sword out. But anyway, before he even has a chance to get his sword out, the naked guy um, turns around, bends over, and reveals that he's got a massive eyeball peering out of his bum. <laughs> and that's it. That's the whole... So like, he doesn't get eaten or attacked? It's, it's, left, just... it's left to your imagination. That, But that is like the, the scary story. That's now it the... seems even more of an... If you know that that's potentially what could happen <laughs> if you're approached by a completely naked man, I feel like that's even more brutal escalation <laughs> <laughs> to be getting your sword out. Just leave. I think as well, like, because it's... I think that... The uh, so the guy with the the eyeball in his butt, I think he's he's supposed to be like horrifying and scary, but maybe I went straight to kind of like empathy and I thought like maybe he's just really confused like oh god like nobody else has an eyeball in their butt but I don't know I don't know like I don't know what to do and he just needed to show someone. I don't think he was being he was being like aggressive or anything. See, the what I took from it was that like yeah, he was trying to show someone, he was trying to like make friends. Like the the face of the human wasn't the face of the creature. The face is the butt. And yeah. he's living in this world where he knows <laughs> full well that most people's faces are the head. Yeah. And it means that he he can never really like connect. Yeah. and he was just he just wanted to make yeah make a connection by getting his eyes out yeah just wanted eyes. to see person because how often does he get to see people if his eyes in his not i mean it's his... impractical isn't it having your eye hidden up there mm. in the pictures of him that not the photographs the illustrations that i that i saw he didn't have he had 
so he had it took like a normal human form, but he, his face was completely blank, so he didn't have eyes in his head. So your that's a really good theory of yours that yeah. he was just being friendly. I think I mean like <laughs> I get that it's <laughs> I get that it's not something you want when you walk <laughs> home to see a naked person, let alone to have the horror of them bending down in front in front of you. And then having an eye. Yeah. Even if you ignore even if it was just a regular person yeah. doing those things, it would it would be uncomfortable. So I I get I empathize with both sides of the story. Yeah. But. Um so that the the fact that that's it is kind of it seems to be like a recurring theme that's in, really in, nice. in Japanese uh, monsters and ghosts. Because the, there's never much. Well, most of the time it seems there's not there's not much of an elaboration on like what happened next. It's just like this is a thing and that's it. So the next one is quite similar in that way. Um, it's called Akaname, or well, it's spelled like Akaname, but I'm guessing it would be Akaname. Yeah, that, that just sounds... sounds more Japanese. Um, also known as Filth Licker. Oh, I'm not a fan <laughs> of where this is going. <laughs> this one, um, it's a spirit with a really long tongue that haunts incredibly neglected bathrooms and it, it just goes around like licking up the filth. But that's it. Again, that's it. Nothing, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't try and curse you, it doesn't try and eat you or do anything else so remotely scary. It's, it's just a bit gross. If anything is trying to help, it's cleaning up the place. Yeah. Okay, I had two th- thoughts. First, that sounds like a, like the Japanese equivalent of a John Waters... Uh, I don't know what that is. Oh, have you never... Uh, you know the original Hairspray movie? Uh, I'm aware of it, but I've He's basically like a pulpy it. movie maker mm. uh, where a lot of his... It's focused on weird weirdos, but he he isn't mean about them. He's yeah. lovable weirdos. It, that sounds good. Yeah, good. I enjoy the movies. They're really dirty, though. Ooh. Really, like... And the second thing... Dirty that, in a filth licker way. Dirt, yeah, absolutely dirty in a filth licker way. What, like, there's poop around? <laughs> no, there's, like, people whose fetish is eating poop. Oh. Oh, I don't know. I, I mean, I don't know. It might may or may not be a fetish. For that monster? Yeah, I don't know whether they get off on uh, <laughs> licking toilets or I, if it's just, like, I, a, just what they do. I've also got a really other horrible really genuinely horrible thing that i found out go on uh, in <laughs> france um in the 60s and 70s there was a really horrible uh wave of dudes putting bread in urinals uh and then they would leave them and then they would let them get filled with urine and they would come back for them and uh, eat them <laughs> why what <laughs> no Ooh. I mean oh no I suppose French bread I was going to say <laughs> <laughs> I mean I'd, no, I'd never do that with a normal white loaf but a French no I was going to say seems like the bread would get too just too Hatch. soggy and kind of look like go into a pulp 
or mush or something but french bread it once when you, you know when you've had it for more than a day it goes really uh it gets really um kind of stale so yeah no, I, think, I think that france <laughs> is prime <laughs> is a prime country if, if you're gonna be doing that yeah i guess do it in france it is like it wouldn't work anywhere near as well with like an english muffin or uh a yeah oh that's so gross yeah what were they doing and uh, like they were called soupiers what a weird craze. Yeah. Like, we just had yo-yos when I was growing up. Like the, <laughs> <laughs> that was the craze. Um, the the weirdest, uh, um, and this is not a craze, it was like a, a maverick. Um, Go on. <laughs> but I'm just wondering, it's reminded me of uh, toilet misdemeanours, and I'm wondering whether it was like a thing that happens just at primary schools. Um, there was like <laughs> at my primary school there was like a uh, basically there was there was one of the boys that used to go for a poo in the toilets and then he would like so one time somebody had like wiped poo on the door of the bo- like the entrance to the boys toilets and then it, it, they were like a repeat offender where they'd just every so often somebody would find a poo like in the boys bathroom but not where a poo should be (laughs) (laughs) what would you call that like a the fact you just said that this kid was a maverick well he would like you've got a very low bar (laughs) (laughs) if if somebody smearing poo on a wall (laughs) is maverick behavior like a a trickster. I'm sure <laughs> no, that's being disgusting. I'm sure they weren't like think when it's like a little kid. I mean, obviously I it's know. gross and it's not right, but it it didn't seem like when <laughs> at school. Like yeah, it it just seemed funny and like really bizarre. Like why would someone do that? That's so it's just weird. But none of us were like scared by it or anything. No, we didn't really, like. Oh God! Next, he's surely going to murder someone. <laughs> <laughs> but that was really annoying because we then, because of that misdemeanor, that in order to try and like stop it from happening, or I think like find out who the culprit was, yes. they made us have a toilet book. So every time you went out of class to go to the toilet, you had to like sign your name in a book and the time that you'd gone, so that they would be able to like pinpoint on who'd done it <laughs> see i yeah because my uh class my primary school is tiny so like that just wouldn't have you yeah, know what happened would have known yeah it would have been it would have been caught like a shot yeah. oh did you ever go back to primary school and use the bathrooms or try to yeah the tiny little toilets yeah it's so bizarre isn't it you feel yeah. like you're just gonna <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of fun though feeling like a giant you oh, get yeah. them sometimes in like public um, toilets as well like occasionally if it, you go in somewhere where there's likely to be a lot of kids going oh, like at a museum to... or something that makes sense like that they'll have like one do you the do end it? toilet will be like a tiny one and do you do, do you go in well, there I went, in, I, I went in one the, the last weekend actually at Woolerton Hall what? Uh, there was one 
and I went in and I so nearly just went and sat on it and then I thought like oh that's people prob- will see you come yeah, out like, of that that's probably a bit weird like I won't do it but my first thought wasn't like oh no not that one it was like oh a tiny toilet <laughs> <laughs> I would do that. I I like yeah. the idea of using a tiny toilet. It's a bit different, isn't it? Although I feel bad if I walked out and there was like a child waiting Bursting, to go. Yeah. yeah. Like waiting there. Oh, like, oh, I couldn't hold it any longer, mummy. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, maybe that's a good lesson. Don't use the tiny toilet. Unless you specifically visit a primary school and. And they're all tiny. If they're, they're all, all tiny, tiny, then that's fine. Then you should enjoy it to the full. <laughs> Right, next one. Uh, I'm not sure how to pronounce this. Nura Ryan. Ryan. Nura Ryan. It's hard enough saying Japanese words like in your head, but then when you try to say them in your in your accent, that sounded <laughs> yeah. like a dick. Nura Ryan. This is a. <laughs> I like this one. This is a ghost. Um, it's just a guy that comes to your house when you're either away or just busy and drinks your tea and generally makes himself at home. Aww. And that's it. <laughs> and uh, so I think he's just a bit like a... It, um, it said, <laughs> it said on, online it compared him to like um, the like your college roommate that's a bit of a dick and just has no sense of like... Oh, so he's like leaving things around. Yeah, and... just just like using your stuff and and making a bit of a mess and being like unwelcome guest, <laughs> and that's all he does. Um, and <laughs> apparently, some some people think that he is the leader of all the other creepy ghosts. Um, <sighs> and the the website that I was reading on um, said it, maybe it's because. You know, like, the Japanese are known as being a nation of, like, very sort of polite, proper, um, like, unobtrusive, sort of, very, quite formal. And that is, that. so that's their, like, height of, that's a really frightful thought that somebody would just come in and be, like, lounging around on your sofa and stuff. I can deal with somebody licking up my <laughs> wee. <laughs> But where I draw the line is that, is them just coming in without any how'd you do. Just using my tea without even asking. That is just horrendous. The cheek of it. It's, it's frightful, that's what it is. <laughs> I'd rather be murdered by a <laughs> ten foot towel, let me tell you. I mean, a guy with an eyeball in his arsehole, that's kind of... Uh, that's pretty, pretty out there. But somebody that would have the audacity <laughs> to get comfy on my sofa without invitation, no. See, like, Russia has something similar where it's a, it's a fair, like a fairy that comes in and just take, lives in your home if you leave it. And, uh, but like, at least that ends, I think, generally in, in murder. I think it... I think it will eventually kill you. Murder fairy. Yeah, I think it works its way up. I think it starts by just like using things and and it escalates. And then it's like, actually, I don't want to share this house anymore. You know what? Why? Why do I need you? Yeah, I mean, I've got I've got all the stuff I need, and I can get my own food. <sighs> You're not bringing anything to this equation. 
<laughs> um, this one is a sexy sea snail. Which Ooh. and I'm not sure how I feel about that. I was very conflicted. Yeah, like I can't imagine any way that a snail would ever be described as sexy, even if it got modified somehow. I just can't. I can't picture a sexy snail. And all, but also in the story, it doesn't mention it doesn't mention like a shell or anything anywhere. So I don't know why it's described as a snail. But anyway, so the story goes: um, there's a ship full of pirates, and they find they come across this drowning woman one night. So they they rescue her on they get her on board, um, and then it said. <laughs> And then she agrees to sleep with each of the pirates one by one. Now, I don't know whether this was like a, we've rescued you, so you're going to have to sleep with us. Or if she if she was like, oh, thanks for rescuing me, do you all fancy a shag? I don't know which. Like, I think we can probably, I mean, I'm pirates, I think. I Well, yeah, but, so, the, those pirates must have been pretty dumb, because they, <laughs> she, so agreed to sleep with each of the pirates one by one. She proceeds to either bite or cut off their balls. Um, so there, there was must have been one pirate, the last one, that had, like, must have known something weird was going on by that point, surely. Surely. Like, sensed some unease amongst the other pirates. Um, she, held their bo- she held their balls to ransom... <laughs> Um, and the pirates had to buy them back with their pirate gold, uh, and that's it. I like that as yeah. a plan. Like, but it says that it's a drowning woman. So how is she a, a, a sea snail? Maybe it's like a sil- silkies, silkies, where they're like uh, they take the they've got a sea form, and then they've got like a, yeah. a human form. They can. So she like morphed. Mm. When, so yeah, when she, maybe when they were like mid, uh, mid sex act, she like took her snail form back and then took their balls off. I think that's what she did. Of all the things, of all the creatures, I would have thought would be predatory enough to try and take some <laughs> human balls. A sea snail is not one of them. Actually, she must have, she must have done the ball chopping in human form because how is the snail going to chop balls off? Yeah, I mean, exactly. Like, their mouths are sheer, aren't they? They're not. Yeah. She's not going to be doing it with that. Ooh. So, that, yeah. Um, Slightly more in-depth than the other ones. And And it's got got a conclusion. She's got a motive. She wants the pirate gold. And I feel like that's like a morality lesson a little bit, because they... Well, I mean, they what, don't don't save people in danger. <laughs> no, no. I mine would be don't take advantage of drowned women you've rescued. Yeah. See, I suppose if it is if it does go that way, that they were like, we've saved you. I really just don't think that a woman after drowning is going to be like, well, who's up for a bang fest? I don't know if I didn't know if she had that plan all along that she was going to pretend to drown to get on the ship and then steal the gold but even if i'm saying that you know like how fairies will like manipulate things she's taking advantage of the fact that they were gonna you know you can't con an honest john okay they were gonna take it they wanted to take advantage of her she like played into that 
don't know. I may be thinking too much into the yeah, se- well, sexy mean, sea snail. <laughs> we'll never know. She might. She, she may have been a real goer, and she she it was <laughs> she like a, it was a win win for her because mm. she got to do some shagging <laughs> and then steal some gold. Bonus. Yeah. And because she lived in the sea, <laughs> she doesn't have a commute or anything. No. What's she going to spend the gold on, though? Yeah, we're definitely definitely reading too much uh, into this. Well, real estate, because like in Ariel, they've got they've got like castles under the sea, haven't they? Well, that's true. They specifically disdain human currency. Maybe because there's Ari- a whole song about it, not about uh, specifically currency, just about not like you shouldn't like human stuff. Oh yeah, because Ariel gets shunned because she's got a back cupboard full of she's got a fork bits and. Hate a fork. Yeah, I'd forgotten about that bit. <laughs> They're probably not gonna gonna let her buy the the castle with any pirate gold. Then I don't know what she's gonna do with it. Mystery. Maybe it's like a dragon. You know, they just want the wealth. They don't necessarily have plans for it. She just likes the look of it. <coughs> so I'm going away from this feeling slightly uncomfortable. Um, about with the with the. Uh, the vagina ball like I feel like we've gone to a lot of uncomfortable places this episode yeah yeah I think we I think we, we did. accidentally synced up yeah <laughs> unsettling and experiences I, I, you talked about vaginas I talked about butts and I, balls I talked about a demon horse you talked about demons yeah that was Ooh, a... spooky and gross yeah mate hope for better times than these yeah must must uh, must try harder <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure next episode will be back cheery as ever yeah. <laughs> and definitely not thinking about horses vaginas or licking of any kind less grossness and rudy body parts please <laughs> <laughs> goodbye <laughs> You're not just being like, oh, sweaty like a ball sack.